Hello and welcome to the second edition of the NFU's new podcast, NFU Talk. Uh, my name is Kevin Pierce. I'm the NFU's Director of Membership uh, and I'm delighted to be joined today by NFU President Minette Batters. Welcome, Manette. And um, I think it's fair to say that the, the life of the NFU president is always very interesting. But um, your second term started at the end of February at the AGM there. And we quickly had COVID-19. Uh, and in amongst this lockdown, of course, probably the biggest challenge has been trying to make sure agriculture's position in a, in a, in a new agricultural policy in a life post our role in, in Europe, because we know from the 1st of January, we won't be part of uh, the single market or the customs union. So there's been a lot of things going on. And, and more recently, um, uh, the discussions, obviously, on on the agriculture bill and, and in particular uh, on, on standards. And also, I'm really delighted to hear and, and perhaps we can bring to life for members, some some of the issues you've been dealing with. Should we start with the most recent, which is uh, the farm standards uh, discussions with government to get us to where we ended up last weekend? Kevin, look, it's it's been the most extraordinary time. It's it's hard to put into words actually what it's felt like with all of us working from home, um, all members of staff sort of working at their their kitchen tables. You and I in in our offices. I feel like I've been surrounded by four walls <laughs> for a long time, um, and the culmination to what has happened with the agricultural bill um, has been the most extraordinary journey. I mean, it, it you know the end game where we are now getting the Trade Agriculture Commission on the face of the trade bill, getting the reporting into the agriculture bill on all aspects of environment, animal welfare, sustainability and food safety led by a group of technical experts and and with an independent technical chairman. I I think a lot of people are sort of angry, concerned that they wanted this binary um, amendment. You know, we saw Neil Parrish bring it forwards, first of all. Lord Grantchester carry it very nobly through the House of Lords. But working with a majority government, it was very clear very early on that that was never, ever going to be backed. And, you know, from the NFU's point of view, always looked for a compromise position and a way of RMPs representing their constituent farmers. And this is a first, you know, I'm sure other sectors will want it, but ours is the first sector that will ensure that Parliament has oversight and scrutiny before ratification of trade deals on all aspects of agri-food. And, and that is something to be very proud of for the future. Absolutely. And look, and why why is it so important to, to the to our future because obviously we are going to be operating in a different world where we're talking about trade deals with lots of different countries so why is this so important to our members well firstly um the party the government made a cast iron commitment to the farmers of this country that they would not be undermined in future trade deals so from my point of view i I see it as an incredibly important time and representing our members speaking truth to power providing the solution is absolutely paramount and and trade will shape our farming futures trade will shape everything it will shape how we can deliver for the environment it will shape um, our home market it will shape our export market we've been lazy exporters in europe there's an is without doubt an opportunity to be exporting more high quality british food 
But the critical point for me has always been not to undermine our farmers and making sure the government honours its manifesto commitment. Because ultimately, if we keep the bar high here, regulation costs a lot of money in this country and farmers see very little return on that investment. If we're going to keep the bar high here for farmers and we're going to say you can bring imports in that ultimately don't meet our standards, that does one thing. That puts potentially our members out of business. And, and I will do everything as will the whole of the NFU to make sure their interests are best represented. This is a big step in the right direction to ensuring that MPs can represent their interests. And that's great. Um, so this has actually been going on for a couple of years, haven't we? Although, you know, we, it's come to, come to a head more recently. I just wonder if, um, if, if we could just talk a little bit about, uh, you know, from the period where we get together a big coalition of lots of organisations, um, then the consumer bit of this and then culminating probably with some pretty intense discussions with government at the very highest level so you know could we just talk about that a bit to bring that to, you know for members to understand actually the process you've had to go through or the organization has had to go to and through in the last not just six months but probably it's it's been quite intense in the last six nine months isn't it it's been incredibly intense. And of course, don't forget, Michael Gove committed to the principle of this to the CAC um, back at our conference in 2019. Um, time went on. We weren't making any more progress. Obviously, we went into lockdown in March, working from home. And I was then thinking, gosh, how do we? You know, we're competing with a global pandemic. Um, everybody is fighting for airspace. We've got to make sure that this voice is heard. And so we were very much working with all environmental NGOs, the vets, animal welfare experts, consumer representatives like which, um, also the chefs. I mean, I, I fondly remember the day when um, Catherine Mead, who's a friend of mine who chairs the Specialist Cheesemakers Association, they, of course, have been in horrendous times in COVID. And Catherine had been working very closely with Jamie Oliver, who'd been helping out, you know, people buying cheeses online, trying to keep that market open. And she said to me, look, I'm sure Jamie would, would help you. And I remember phoning him on the 27th of May and he said, um, might not have long because it's my birthday. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, I'll, I'll phone back. And he said, no, it's fine. And we talked for two hours, um, but we still hadn't finished. And he said, look, I'll phone you tomorrow. And I said, well, that's my birthday. Uh, and I, of course, couldn't say I don't want to talk to you. So we then talked for another two hours. And he brought in all the other chefs. He brought in Joe Wicks. He it, it was an unprecedented coalition. And of course, you know, the Mail on Sunday were really keen to cover this story. And we saw a story on backing British farming every single week from beginning of May right the way through to the end of October. And I mean, you can't put into words how much that that is worth to have that voice in that paper just continually bringing all these different voices across farming organizations across environmental ngos consumers chefs it was incredible and you know we then had the petition and our director of comms fran barnes had i think been very clever in in what she put in place never knowing that this was was going to happen but she'd always been very keen to make sure that people who signed up to petitions were then able to go further and, and back british farming and so when we kicked off the petition People could sign the food standards petition, then they could decide if they wanted to be a supporter of backing British farming. 
And one weekend in, in June, we saw, um, well, over a two-week period, we saw a million people sign the petition and we saw 500,000 people join our, our Back British Farming page to get a newsletter and to know more about food production and uh, our commitment to the countryside and the environment. And then we saw 80,000 of those people decide to email their MPs. That was an extraordinary moment and that was no doubt a turning point. Now... It made MPs understandably um, quite angry, to be honest. You know, they thought that we'd used underhand tactics. But the point being, it wasn't us. We provided a mechanism. This was the people of this country across Mm. all aspects of society that felt so strongly and passionately about this. So that then ensured that Liz Truss actually thought, I've got to do something. I'm going to kick off the Trade and Agriculture Commission. I had a lot of talk with her about it but it that that put us on the road to the power of the public of public opinion influencing government that was the start okay and then of course that sort of builds the momentum and then we end up right how and i know because i've been talking to you about this quite a lot it's getting it then across the line um that that took the real intense discussion at the top level and, and you did meet the, pre- the the prime minister and i think probably from that period on things started to move a bit but they did go quiet again didn't they oh kevin it was um it was literally i kept saying to the rest of the team as you know this is one step at a time and it, it honestly felt like we were wading through treacle a lot of the time i did a lot of meetings with liz trust through the summer she set up the tac a lot of comments that it didn't have the teeth that were needed but ultimately she set it up and and i think very quickly she could see great merit in in what it could do we went through the summer um with that in place we then came into our back british farming day which we have every year which is about political engagement which is about the positive stories of what we're doing on farm really showcasing what is happening and working closely with our mps and taking that message into into the heart of london um and on back british farming day i i knew we're an apolitical organization you know we have to work with all political parties and we pride ourselves on those those relationships in all honesty it was hard to get close to jeremy corbyn um it was you know a dynamic that i i think he was just not as engaged as previous with the countryside we saw keir starmer come in and of course a completely different approach and on back british farming day we were able to meet with the leader of the opposition and luke pollard shadow minister in defra and at that meeting keir starmer said you know i'd really like to do a farm meeting he came out did a farm meeting uh with me in October. Um, very successful. The Lib Dems, you know, Tim Farron has been a great friend to our our sector for for a good many years now. And uh, I approached them and, and asked for a meeting with Tim and Ed Davey. We had a socially distanced meeting outside and then we had another Zoom call. Again, very positive. The one elusive thing in all of this was getting in front of the Prime Minister. And it was clear to me that there were different dynamics of what DEFRA was trying to achieve, what DIT was trying to achieve, and that only number 10 was going to be able to resolve this because we were never going to get an amendment over the line unless the government put its own amendment down. So that then led uh, to me trying, the team trying, our London team trying to get a meeting with the Prime Minister. It was proving difficult because, of course, he's got so much on his desk. 
Um, but through Nicholas Soames, who's remained a great ally, um, he was able to get onto the Scottish Secretary of State. There have been some extraordinary relationships and people that have come to the fore. And Alistair Jack, the Scottish Secretary, was able to say to the Prime Minister, I think you should see the President of the National Farmers Union. And on the 14th of October, that meeting happened. Alistair Jack was at the meeting with the Prime Minister and George Eustace was on the phone. And I made the case to him and brought him back three times to the role of the TAC and why it was needed and why it was a win-win for government and for farmers and for consumers. I showed him some of the signatories to our petitions, all the environmental NGOs, animal welfare experts, consumers, chefs. And, you know, there were a lot of remarks of this is the most extraordinary coalition. And that was a good meeting. Um, um from then on, though, you have a meeting, obviously, to have an outcome, because there's no point in just having a, you know, a nice meeting. So I let a few days pass. And then I emailed um, the SPAD in number 10 and said, look, you know, it was a very good meeting. But what is the outcome? I am incredibly worried now. The agricultural bill is on its final journey through the Lords. It's due back in the Commons any moment. What are we going to do? Will government get ahead of this and, and own the amendment on food standards and the TAC itself? So, there then followed a very intense period of Nick von Westenholtz, who's our director of EU exit and international trade, engaging with Department of International Trade on all levels. Myself constantly exchanging WhatsApp messages, emails, calls with number 10. And, and we, were we were starting to make really good progress um, but it did feel painful and I felt very uncomfortable to me because I knew we were in the end game and I knew if government didn't get ahead we were never going to be able to reverse the majority government and finally you know we got commitment from Liz Truss I had a late night call with her um, saying that she was prepared to put the Trade Agriculture Commission on the face of the trade bill and I I I was overjoyed at what she said. I I just felt this has been two years, but it wasn't over then because getting that commitment on the face of the trade bill was incredibly important. But the reporting to Parliament and making sure that this was before trade deals were ratified. So all devolved nations had a say, all MPs had a say and oversight on all aspects of agri-food. That wasn't that agreed. agreed. And we had a very a tense very time, time, the Friday, Friday. just the very end of October, whereby I actually said at one point to number 10, we're out, we're going. I think you're reneging on your commitment and I cannot support this. I have to have the reporting. I have to have that in the agricultural bill. That's been a red line for us throughout and you have known about it and I've made it very clear. And late Friday night, they came back and said, you've got it. And Victoria Prentice actually phoned me up and shared the legal text and had been through the right round. And by the time we got to Saturday, I signed off my quote in the government press release and the story was broken in the mail on Sunday that weekend. And I have to say, I felt... I was exhausted, Kevin. It's been yeah, it's been the hardest thing I've ever yeah. done. And I think the NFU has just risen to the fore in what we've achieved on behalf of members. And of course we've seen that in the in the comments this week, haven't we, in the in the in the debate that's gone on. It is in it is there. It is all there. We saw it come back on the fourth of November uh into the house and 
what I'm pleased about is that I think there is very broad cross-party support here. I, I, think, mm. I think, you know, obviously many of us would have liked things to have gone further, further. But ultimately, everything that has happened has been democratic. You know, when I look back at the journey, we had a referendum. We've had two elections. This last election has led to a very powerful majority government. And, and yeah. you, know, you know, they were always going to hold the balance of power. But working with everybody, everybody actually, this is a win for everyone across all parties it's a win for consumers it allows the first level of democracy on trade to operate it gives more power to mps and that will allow a better engagement between farmer constituents and the people that represent them yeah thanks manette look and that you know i know much work went into that um um and that's all, you know, that's done, that's there. But, of course, it is only part of the story. So, you know, we've got between now and the year end, uh, and I'm, we'll briefly touch on this because we, we haven't got a lot of time left. But, you know, we, we're still, if, if we move to the other part of this, which is about transition and about funding and all, we, we're still waiting, aren't we, for, you know, uh, signals from the government in terms of how this is going to work, which we know a lot of our members are asking about um, because it's quite a serious situation that we end up at the end of the year. Look, one of my big frustrations, um, the Prime Minister said, you know, I, I really want us to be positive about all of this and work together on campaigns. And I said, you know, Prime Minister, I am delighted to work with you on, on British food campaigns, on building the British brand. I, I think there's such an opportunity for us to collaborate there. But my plea across government is for honesty with members on the road that we are on. I am incredibly worried that, you know, we have not heard from Secretary of State George Eustace on the future of the agriculture cultural policy of Elms and what it will look like. Um, we've had commitment now that he will speak to the country um, on the 23rd of November. But don't forget, this was promised in April. It was promised in July. It was promised in September. And now a month before we leave the year of transition, potentially with a no deal, we're going to hear more. Farmers are desperate to know what is going to happen. We are doing all we can to influence. We've obviously put the white paper proposal on what the entry point to Elms should look like with a sustainable food and farming scheme. Ten farming organisations collaborating on that as to what it can look like, giving DEFRA all of our support. I've spoken to all the retailers, processors, um, McDonald's and others to say, you know, this is what we think the future can look like. And I just hope that when they speak at the end of November, they are going to really buy into the solution that we have put on the table and provide clarity and above all else, honesty. You know, that is what farmers want to know. They want to know honestly what road that they are on. Yeah. Minette, thank you very much. Look. There's a lot more we could talk about here, um, but we won't. But we probably will come back to some of this as we as we get towards this comprehensive spending review at the at, at the end of November, as you say, and then we understand what direction government is signalling. Um, just to finish off, I just I just wondered that perhaps um, obviously we're back in lockdown, and and I know you've been talking to members through your weekly vlogs and all uh, for those listening i just wondered is there a, is there a message for our members uh, you know about as we face yet again what looks to be like a, another month of lockdown but not just that actually the whole the whole covid and the and the pressure that's putting on people uh, which isn't doesn't appear to be going away, away very quickly 
One of the key reasons for me, Kevin, with doing the, the vlog and something that that is visible and, and you can almost touch, it's very different to the written word, is to just really say to members, we are there for you every inch of the way. You know, I always make the point, try and make the point as often as possible about the call first service, about the regional teams, about group secretaries. I think these are worrying times. They are isolating times for farmers. And I just want them to know that we have got their backs at all times. I think the whole aspect of mental health and well-being in these times has been really, really brought to the forefront. And the NFU has had a very, very long history, a very, very long journey. And, and it, I want every member to know that I have got their backs and I will do every single thing I can for them in this period. Minette, thank you very much for your time. Uh, to everybody listening, um, thanks for listening. And, of course, do stay safe. Uh, I hope we'll have another uh, podcast with it within a week or two. And I think the next thing we're going to look at, uh, of course, is something that's not been talked about much already, which is uh, a new environment bill, which started its process this week. So hopefully next week uh, we'll we'll talk about the environment bill. Uh, and, and with that, uh, thanks very much for listening and look after yourselves. 